0: Here's what's coming up on this week's show. And just let your tongue <laughs> melt with it, and then you instantly feel so happy, and you feel like your hair is getting played by the wind, and you're gonna fly oh. like. Iron.
1: Oh, I'm starving now. What have you done to me? <laughs> the beat. Welcome to the Big Little Business Show, the podcast that helps small business think big. Hey, hey, welcome to the Big Little Business Show. It's Paul Mumford over here, the lovely Claire Horsley over there. A second episode of 2021. Do you know, I still have trouble saying that. I still want to say, I want to say 2012, but it's not 2021. It's going to take a few months for me to get my head around that.
2: Yeah, me too.
1: So let me ask you a question, Claire. When was the last time you bum shuffled down the (laughs) stairs?
2: I'm actually really (laughs) embarrassed about it. Okay, well, it actually has been for the last two days because somehow, I I still don't even know what I've done but I was sitting at my desk and I got up and I think the top half of me wasn't facing the same direction as the bottom half and I just felt my hip go so I can't actually stand up or sit down without a very dramatic sound effect or um, in, in incredibly slow motion like a sloth but I'm having to I'm happy to bum shuffle up and down the stairs, and the children find it incredibly entertaining.
1: I do have sympathy for you, and no
2: you don't You're I, laughing. no,
1: I do I, I am <laughs> laughing because it's just the thought of you bum shuffling down the stairs, but um yeah I'd it's, it's, uh, yeah, have sympathy for you because I've had plenty of back my fair share of back problems in my time, so yeah, I know it's not fun, but uh, the thought of bum <laughs> shuffling down the stairs now that is fun. Oh,
2: It takes ages. and also I've got, I've got to change of direction on my stairs twice. So I have to just manipulate myself around the corner. It's really difficult.
1: Oh, that's it! makes it more exciting. No, it doesn't
2: make it more exciting. (laughs) No, yeah, so there we go. I'll just have to keep doing that until it rectifies itself, whatever it is.
1: So every week on the podcast, we like to bring in an expert who can help us understand more things about our business, help our business grow and help us thrive. And in 2021, there's been no other time that's been more important to get some business growth as it is right now. So what are we talking about? What's our topic this week?
2: Our topic this week will be talk we'll be talking about how to tame your inner critic.
1: Oh, this is a great subject. So this is like, um, is it called imposter syndrome? That's right, isn't it?
2: It is, yeah. It's um, surprisingly common, I believe, but I just felt it would be really... Uh, really important and really insightful for people to try to understand a little bit more about what goes on in our minds and how we can ultimately control that um, in order to move our businesses forward
1: yeah definitely if you want to succeed you've got to believe you're going to succeed if you don't believe it then yeah it really isn't going to happen so this is an important topic and who have we got to talk about
2: We are talking to Dr. Joe Isaac. Now, Dr. Joe Isaac is a keynote speaker and master trainer in NLP um, practice. Um, And what he does is he has a real passion in helping individuals and business owners to reach their full potential and understand what their true capabilities really are.
1: i just warn you, ladies, he does have the sexiest voice in the universe. (laughs) So just make sure that you control yourself through the podcast. This is The Big Little Business Show. Let's start off with, yeah, the big question, because I know we all have those voices in our heads telling us stuff from time to time. This is something called imposter syndrome, which is something I guess, I guess we can all suffer from at time to time. Can you just
0: explain what that is, Joe? Well, the imposter syndrome is a very old discovery that was discovered by two ladies back in the 40s. And initially, the two psychologists who discovered it, they thought it was just related to women and there was... A very long research about it back then thinking it's only women related until recent studies in the last couple of decades or so started to realize actually it does exist with both and what it is is you hear all these statements and voices running in your head like whatever it is i'm not good enough uh you got success you got promoted to this position Ah, it's just because i was lucky or because i'm married to the manager or Whatever success that you achieve, you somehow relate it back on someone else. You don't take the credit for your skills, for your diligence, for your actual hard work. This particular syndrome is very, very, very unrecognized. It's not really on the radar for a lot of people. There is over 72% that have symptoms of imposter syndrome that they're not aware of. But just to make that clear for those people that are listening, this is not a medical advice. This is a general one just so we don't get sued. So make sure that I am just giving you a general advice for those people that seek uh, consultation one-on-one and specific advice, then you need to be in contact with me. So just want to make sure that I put things into perspective.
1: That's important to say that because, you know, what we're giving here is general advice. I guess every case is going to be very different. So where does it come from, this imposter syndrome? Is it something we learn as children? How does it develop?
0: There is a very, very interesting area of research in that one. There has been quite few theories, to be honest, that sometimes it relates back from childhood. And if it goes from the childhood, and this is something, if there's any parent that is listening, I want you to listen very carefully to this. And if you can just close your eyes and listen to me for one moment. Okay. Doing it. I'm doing it as well. (laughs) All right. Good. There has been a lot of people out there that are giving advice and talking about stuff without actually being qualified. So it's very important to make sure that we are clear who we are listening to. Do they have the qualifications? Are they the right people to listen to or is just a media propaganda that has been pushed on? So one of the things that I'm so lucky that I didn't have that with my mom and dad is that when we are growing up, we see a lot of kids, the parents, they do something, with them, oh, good boy or good girl. I'm saying don't say good boy and good girl because it could really be a contributing factor for the imposter syndrome. How is that? Okay, let me explain. When the kids have done something nice, such as they made their bed or they cleaned their room, we should commend the action, not the judgment on the personality. What that means is, if I did something nice to you, Claire, it doesn't mean I'm a nice guy it could mean that the action is nice. So we want to focus on the action because when the kids are exposed to that environment at school, at home, everywhere, then it becomes that there's good boy and there's bad boy, there's good girl and there's bad girl. There's nothing in between and it's always about I'm good boy now or I'm not. But we should commend the action such as I really love how you cleaned your room and I'm so proud of you and make it really personal about this when they grow up with that way they don't have to beat themselves thinking oh, okay i got to this position because i was lucky or because um, things were in my favor so a very important thing for all the parents listening my suggestion to you commend the action and link the person back to the action not to a judgment of a personality
2: Wow, that's that, that really does make sense. That really does make sense. It does, yeah, yeah, that's good, isn't it? I, I've noted that. Thank you. Um, so if you don't mind me asking, have you ever suffered with this yourself? Have you ever had any experiences with this yourself? And how did you first come to know about imposter syndrome?
0: I first met it in my studies and I was very fascinated because I'm a person that was born somehow with an analytical mind. To answer your question clear in a different angle, we do experience some symptoms of imposter syndrome when we have difficulties everybody does i would always say that there's nobody that is 100 percent perfectly balanced we're all imbalanced but there's a difference between at some point you are feeling the imbalance because there is an event related to it that is extraordinary and there is a difference between someone that is always imbalanced and always in in the wrong side of things This is not the same. So we can, any normal person that doesn't have imposter syndrome requires a medical advice for diagnosis. This is why I wanted to make the disclaimer at the beginning, but it doesn't mean that you are experiencing some symptoms of it because there is a relevant cause that you do have the imposter syndrome. So I have experienced some, which was on the side of things when I was experiencing an event when I was injured in the military. And my life was very difficult at that time. I don't want to take you through that story. It's very emotional and we might get teary eyes, so let's not do that. But uh, I, I did have very, very high emotions and, Kind of what i say imbalance at that time that i had to deal with but i was not diagnosed as someone who suffers from imposter syndrome so it was predominantly theoretical studies that i took out of the book through my normal studies in psychology and then i started to look at the people what they're saying was the language pattern you know i'm an nlp specialist what are the common words that the people with that syndrome have? And I started to look into it and I started to investigate further.
1: I read, read a book by, uh, I don't know whether you know about it, Joe, by Steve Peters called The Chimp Paradox. He s- explains it as that you have two different brains. You have a primal brain and then you have a logical brain. And, and then they're both talking to you at the same time. And it's about controlling what one says against the other. It, this sounds to me like it's a, a similar thing in the fact that there is always going to be a negative voice in your head. It's just how you handle it. Am I right in thinking that?
0: You are absolutely 200 million percent right. And <laughs> I want to add to that Paul, that uh, for those people who are experiencing negativity or negative voice coming to their head, guys, listen, it is perfectly normal. We are inclined. We're built that way because we wanted to survive. So anything that may appear as a threat, just even a little, this is why our brain will take notice and we will see everything magnified, the reptilian brain kicks in. So Paul, there is nothing wrong with having the inner voices coming in a negative manner. This is completely normal. But what do we do with it is what defines someone who has issues and needs coaching and needs help. And between someone that is completely, as we call normal, when I say the normal, I actually say that the normal is not perfect, but everybody is normal. And some people are abnormal. Now there's a story quickly I can share with you, Paul. I was wearing a a a shirt, okay. That I appeared in a party and there was this lady that came to me, very attractive lady. And she said to me, oh, I love your style, but that shirt that you're wearing is so tacky and it's just not nice at all. I, th- I can tell you that my whole entire night was ruined, okay? I wasn't feeling happy at all and I doubted myself and so on. A few years later, I was wearing, by the way, the same shirt, just to let you know. I do have other clothes, but for some reason for this story, I I, I was wearing the same shirt. I just want to see this shirt now.
2: Yeah, so do I. Uh, well,
0: <laughs> I, might, I might send you a photo. Yeah. So. It is uh, clothes is quite subjective. So I was wearing the same shirt and a similar scenario happened with another lady. I haven't met her and she, again. She was also attractive. And she said, uh, I like your conversation. I like your, you know, conversing with you. But that shirt that you're wearing is really terrible. It's so out of fashion. And she criticized it. Now, I want you to note how I respond to the second lady versus the first one. I told her, oh, wow. Okay. Um, do you mind if I could host you, I actually would love to host you. I love your style. And she said, I'll host me where I said, I have my own program. And she said, ah, what kind of program? I said, it's called your opinion doesn't matter to me. (laughs) (laughs) So quite frankly here, when you look at the first story versus the second story, it's the same body, the same shirt, but the reaction is different. So where is, what's the takeaway from the story here, you reckon?
2: Well, I mean, I would say it's, not the event that you can control it's the way in which you respond to it that you can
0: correct and that is absolutely super intelligent clear and you're definitely on the point she has her moments i have my moments Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking Clear is pretty consistent with that. Uh, all the time. Yeah,
2: I am. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, I
1: love that yeah. shirt story. That's really good because that really illustrates it perfectly, doesn't it? We're talking about taming your inner critic if you're running your own business. And I can quite understand now that even if you suffer with um, this in a very small amount, it can really hold you back, can't it?
0: Absolutely. It can ruin you 100% and it can there is not enough research here but just my observation from working with the government and experience you know touring the world that it could turn into mild OCD yeah that I can I can understand that the,
1: mm. the thing is with business, and you certainly see this an awful lot on social media, and I know claire 's got a question about this in a second is wh- when we move on to talking about success, everyone on social media looks and appears successful, which can put pressure on uh, the individual to uh, kind of replicate that and to you know, live up to that standard. I know, Claire, you've got a question about success because it's a really personal word, isn't
2: it? So many people have different understanding or interpretations of certain words. So to be successful for one person would be very different to you know, the next person. Um, and if people are talking about being successful, I have seen some people actually uh, be affected by that word in a negative way as opposed to in a positive way.
0: I always ask the people i'm not asking you Claire. i'm just saying in general that when someone asks me about success i always shoot the question at them i say all right let's first define what is success for you so we are really really on point Does success for you mean you have the most beautiful lady next to you that you're you're partnering with Does success for you means that you have two billion because as you're saying it is very subjective word when i was in my 20s I was making about 500,000 K and I thought if I have money, I will be successful. That's what success and that's what, what it's all about for me. Then when I made the money, I realized I'm not happy. And then I thought dating models and being with models, actual models, that's what they do for a living. This is what's going to make me successful. That did not arrive through. And then later on, I got to find out that actually I was chasing really happiness i wasn't really after the word success that i thought i was but then later on i realized that's actually happiness that i was looking for and now i couldn't find it in the money i couldn't find it with the models i couldn't find it with the career what is happiness for joe that will be different to paul and completely different to claire and then I worked out my own formula. So success for people leads us to a conversation that I shared in one of the lives. That the word success, some people take it as it's a hindering factor because I can't be successful. I wasn't set to be successful. I was born in an average family, wasn't a rich family. Uh, I didn't have good circumstances like you rich people have. And they have this mentality that they're not set for success. Now you, word, you say the word success, it triggers very bad memory for them. That's the problem with some people. So really, I will tell the people that are thinking about success and taking it in a negative way, which it shouldn't, but I do understand that it happens. You need to ask yourself, you need to define your own success. For you, what is success for you? Because success, I'm pretty sure I haven't really sat with Bill Gates, but I'm pretty sure the success for Bill Gates doesn't mean more billions. So he's got so much money. So it's going to be very, very hard to really have happiness for someone like Bill Gates uh, coming to the money perspective, for example.
1: Actually, it's really interesting what you've said there, because sometimes people define their worth, if you like, by their success. But actually, what they should be doing, perhaps, is maybe looking towards their happiness as something to define their worth. Rather than saying to themselves, am I successful? They should ask themselves, "Am am I happy?
0: Money is important, yes. And connections are important and all everything is, is important, but not to the level that we slaved ourselves or I slaved myself to. Back then, I was just thinking about money. Okay, half a million, how can I increase my commission? How can I equip these guys with more power so they can sell harder, make more money? Because if they make more money, I make more money. That's how I was always seeing everything as a dollar sign. And then I didn't even have enough time to spend the money that I was making in my twenties that when I run a party or two, it will be a lavish party. When I say a lavish party, Paul, I want you to open your imagination to what you see beyond TV. (laughs) And you know, money can buy a lot of things and you can buy people to smile to you, the fake smile around you, even if you want, but you can't really buy happiness. There's a man that put tears in my eyes. One of my events, I was running overseas. I had about 10,500 people in that event. And this man, his name is Phil. He was a man in his 70s. So this guy then jumped on the mic and he, he said, I want to say something, have a question. And then he got the mic. He's like, I actually don't really have a question. I just wanted to say something. I learned so much about myself in that week I spent with you here in the training that I didn't learn about myself in the last 70 years. This is when I realized there's a lot of things that contributed to, I know now what happiness for me looks like. It's those moments is comments that I get on my videos when people like it and comment on it and say something like, Oh my god, you've changed the way I think about something, you've helped me to grow so much. You're you really taught me a lot of things. It could be simple comments, Paul, but they really contribute. And part of the inner critic, and I have this issue myself, that I always set very high expectations and I work around the clock. I've helped so many businesses start in a number of countries. I've consulted, I used to work with a company called Action International for Brad Sugars, where we help business owners get their business up and running. And I have seen this and myself, perfectionism in the very beginning. And this is a very solid approach for your audience, Paul and Claire, for, for those people who are starting. Their business or working on their business you know there's two approaches often the perfectionists let's say if they wanted to i know that you have had one podcast talking about how important videography is for your business and to be out there and be the voice so let's relate to that if let's say someone was to start okay i need to really do videos and i can't really keep hiring people i need to do it myself the perfectionists take this pattern paul that they go and say all right well i need to know which camera is best and how to shoot, and they're going to set a whole entire learning process before they actually jump into anything. And we'll see you in two years later. Right? Now, for those people which I once was, one of them, I say the world now, and specifically after COVID-19, clear the world is not the same. What the world needs now is need people that take immediate action and quite responsive with it. So in your business, they said, "Ah, oh, no face to face." You went, you said, "All right, stuff it, no worries." I go online, and then you bluffed your way through online. You kicked your way around things, and then you managed to actually be online. This is what the world needs. So for those perfectionists, I'll say, "This is what the world now looks like." Learn what you need to do right now that get you by. And I know that perfectionists are not easy. Uh, to crack they're hardcore people so they will still battle to come back to the perfectionism because it's their core so i'll say and just to give something for your perfectionism to still thrive to go always add something extra that you need to learn on top so you are progressing but actually taking immediate action what that happens in, in in terms of psychology Claire and Paul, is that when you trick your brain into immediate action you minimize the reflective side of the brain, which means there is not enough doubt. So uh, I do recall back in the time I had a lady, I met her on the street and I said, hey, you're very interesting. I want to take you out on a date now. (laughs) Like like right now. And she was like... You weren't wearing that shirt, were you? No, I wasn't. (laughs) But she said to me, it's interesting because if you did give me time to think... I wouldn't have said yes. That's brilliant. Yeah, You see the point here, Paul? Yeah, yeah, definitely,
1: definitely. Do you know this is funny, Joe, because we have a thing on the show. We call it the Big Little Business Show Bingo. As we've been doing this show for about six months or so, we found that there are common themes and threads that all our experts come up with from time and time, time to time. And the whole thing about being a perfectionist, and or well, in fact not being a perfectionist, is something that we've had several times right back to the very first episode we spoke to a guy called Gavin Inskip uh, who was who is a warm-up guy for TV shows so he goes on and warms up the audience before the cameras start rolling and as lockdown hit he had to adjust because his work just dried up within the space of 24 hours and he now runs a successful business hosting quizzes online and he raises an, an amazing amount of money for charity but he did that because and he's a perfectionist and he's exactly the person you're describing here but he decided right now I've got to just dive in and actually learn to do this as I go along and he's actually done an amazing job as a result of it Uh, but he had to push himself right out of his comfort zone in order to do that
2: yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I don't know if you can sense me smiling. You're just saying that, actually, um, Dr. Joe. Um, but in March, I had 72 hours basically just to get on with it and do it. Um, I'd spent most of the time telling people to get away from their computers, and now I needed them to get back on them. So I had to completely undo everything that I'd been doing the previous few years. But actually, I, I think that was, a although that was really tough, it was a really positive thing because I didn't actually have time to think, and to worry, and to question, I just committed myself to doing it and just got on with it. So I completely understand what you're saying there.
1: This leads us on rather nicely, uh, Joe, because we're obviously we're talking about uh, imposter syndrome. And something we haven't dealt with yet and talked about is to understand how people can understand how they might be suffering from this. And I've read somewhere that there are actually sort of different types of imposter syndrome or different types of inner critic,
0: aren't there? Yeah, there are different types, and as I said, like this, this area is quite is quite tricky, Paul. Because there's nothing really solid, hundred percent, that we know as of today that can say, you know, right, this is the the essence of it. Whether it's anxiety or neuroticism or uh, it's relating to childhood memories or whatever it might be, it's quite different difficult, and that's why I'm saying it requires diagnosis. But if you see some some signs. Here's the thing is how you act on them. For those who are exercising their inner critics, they're, they're inside themselves. Where is your praise to yourself? So you woke up on time while you used to sleep in. Why don't you compliment yourself and say, All right, well, I'm doing something. I'm progressing here. Look at me. I actually got up on time. This is a conversation I'm having with you. Whoever is listening and they feel that they have that inner critic is high. Ask yourself, where is the praise to yourself? When you say to yourself, thank you, or I'm so proud, and look at this, you know, if actually nobody's ever achieved that commission before. I did. Or nobody started their business and had their first 30 sales in the first 30 days. You need to look at these things, Mr. or Miss High Critic, and recognize them and praise yourself. That's one. Another powerful tip that will really change things is to use this Mickey Mouse tactic, I call it. It's something that, it's founded by science, but I will put it in a nice caricaturic kind of way. So when you get the inner critic coming to your voice, like um, she's going to leave me or she's going to go with someone else or the business is going to fail or any of these you know negative thoughts, just try to say it again to yourself, but in a Mickey Mouse voice. She's not going to run with someone else. She's going to be here with me. Something like this. Why does that help? Now, I'm not saying here, some people might attack me and say, hey, Joe, what the hell are you saying? You're asking people to negatively reinforce, negative reinforcement for negative stuff. That's wrong. That is true. But if they're saying it as it is, yes. But I'm saying it as a cartoon character. Because our brains, when we hear these things, are anchored that this is cartoon this is mickey mouse this is donald duck this is all that stuff this is not real this is all jokes we're actually anchored in that way so if we use that it's like we're telling our brain subconsciously and this is an indirect subconscious command that whatever thoughts is coming to my mind as an inner critique is not actually real. This is just jokes.
1: Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Although that wasn't the best Mickey Mouse impression. Maybe you need to work on that perhaps.
2: (laughs) 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 That was good. So um, is there any... Thank you for that brilliant tip. So if somebody... As people do in business, you know, let's face it, you do get rejection. Um, it's it's just what happens. Um, I mean, for me, I found that particularly challenging when I first started. Um, but is there any ways you feel that people could positively deal with rejection moving forward?
0: Now, the idea here is when when you're not getting criticized, when we are not getting put down, that means you're in your comfort zone like my fans my fans if i take a picture that is terrible unedited and my hair looks messy or the sum of the hair that i have and not the rest of the baldy part uh, you know and i take a picture they will like it because they there's a relationship we have built throughout the years so i will say that it's a number one sign of success is when you get rejected because it means that you're leaving your comfort zone and learning how you get things when you look at you guys are parents right so when you look at the kids when they're growing up they had to fall down to learn how to walk and they had to uh, crawl to learn how to stand so if you are starting your own business or working on your own business you have to be rejected just like in dating i used to get rejected like there is no tomorrow like i think i was probably i can hold the world record in rejection because that was a learning process for me because I didn't know what to say. I was nervous, I was not confident, but I kept dragging myself out. So when I'm working on a business, it's no different than our life that you have to go out there and get rejected. And if you get rejected, how do you take this positively that you create a record of it? Okay, why did I get rejected? And you will often realize clear most of the time that the people that are rejecting they're actually providing their own feedback that is relevant to themselves. You're just not talking to the right people. And I use the example of my mom and my dad. My mom is, is an extremely, she was like a model and she, is, uh, she was on TV. My dad was a very handsome doctor. God have mercy upon his soul. He died last year. My mom had so many people after her. But the question is, so why my mom chose, my mom's tall chose this short guy which was my dad, over all the tall other guys and the body and so on and so forth. Obviously, they have shared something, that click. So again, it's the same thing if you're out there and your business is getting rejected, you are probably not talking to the right people, which I often see people when they're starting. When I When I was a business coach back in the day, I used to see people pitching the wrong people. And they have a sales pitch clear that they go and whoever answers the phone, they go, bah, everything. And then after two minutes of a pitch or 90 seconds or whatever measures you're, take, you're, you're talking about, then they realize that the person on the other side is saying, no, I'm sorry, not interested. And they try to raise any objections so they can use any rebuttals that they have been trained to use. I understand that you may not be interested, but did you know that... the Man, you're not even getting to the point. You don't even know why this person is not interested. Okay, because you're pitching a beauty product to a guy who's not interested. You got the wrong thing. That's number one. How to look at it positively clear to get back to your question and provide more concrete answer is number one. You will often look at the rejection as a factor. Analyze it. Keep your mind occupied with action will be less reflection so analyze why i got rejected with those five people you realize the commonalities between them this is what we call the paternal factor as the pattern okay all of them were guys and i'm talking about beauty products and creams so obviously they didn't really care about their face or skin as much as the ladies okay so now i learned from that and i know that i need to pitch people that are interested on that side of things. Also. If you haven't another positive angle to it clear is if you haven't been rejected you would not appreciate the yes, when you get it.
1: Oh, that's great. I love that. I'm writing that mm. down. That's great, Joe.
2: Uh, uh, me too. <laughs> I'm just writing that one down. And
1: yes. this is like almost, we've almost come all the way full circle now, Joe, because this is, and I'm, I'm not going on about the shirt, honestly, but we're back to that story that you told earlier on about the shirt. It's not about the rejection, it's about how you handle the rejection and how you internalize the rejection and what positive things you bring out of it. And that goes back to what you were saying about that story with the shirt. Um, it, it, you did exactly that. So I guess what you're saying now is that's what you have to do. It's not about the rejection. It's just how you
0: deal with it. Well, that's exactly right. And I'm starting a series. I'll be talking more about this, but there's, uh, I use my own models just like I was sharing with you, Paul and Claire, before. Just like the the syndrome here, the imposter syndrome or the inner critique uh, kind of voice you can't really change it and demolish it completely even though you can work on it it will come from time to time even comes to me comes to everybody but we handle it better because we're equipped to battle it down while other people might you know have it more but if you think more about the power of the praise that i shared with you guys and practice it and when we say thank you it goes a long way, but I'm not saying the thank you that the people say it. I'm saying the thank you that comes from the deepest part in your heart. When we say thank you, sometimes it doesn't have to be a word. It could be an action. And it could be a word, but it's you, you understand what I mean by, you hear sometimes thank you, and I'm sure we all do, that it just doesn't resonate with us, that we can feel it's, it's kind of fake. It's just out of a habit. And there's a thank you that really, Touches our heart. That thank you that we're putting our hands on our chest at the deepest part is the one I am talking about. That with time, it builds more positivity versus negativity so it kind of alters that genome a little bit however the presence is still going to be there
1: i agree i mean that's i always say i'm a now joe i'm a big hugger i love hugging people which is unfortunately something we can't do a great deal of at the moment but i always Mm. say if you're going to give me a hug don't just give me like a a hug and pat me on the back that's not a hug if you're going to give me a hug you've got to mean it and it is exactly what you're saying about saying thank you you can say thank you in a passing way or you can say thank you and people know you actually genuinely
0: mean it that's right and I, I also extend that poll to not just saying it verbally and also you know expressing it whether it's a hug or a gift or a kiss or a, a dinner that you prefer you know it takes all shapes and forms i want you to look at your life in one moment and imagine that it's, there's two scales. There is the the inner critique on the one side and there's the positive on the other side. At the moment it's 50-50 and that's why the scales, you know, the justice kind of sign, it's 50-50. So they both outweigh each other. So they kind of balancing exactly. Now, the more you put on the positive side, the less on the inner critique Kind of side of things. So let's say if you put more 60% positivity, your positivity on this side of the scales is going to be closer to the ground and the other side will be more volatile, more higher up. So basically it's tipping. Into the, the positivity and you have to keep battling because it will come sometimes to balance, sometimes the negativity or the inner critic will actually be 90% and 10%. So the more you practice that power of praise to yourself, to your staff for your business, to the people that you work with, to your network, to the people that helped you grow, to the people that help you and support you in general, to your customers. The more you focus on this and practice it here, the less the inner critique will have any room on this scale that I just explained. Brilliant.
1: I love that. What a great place to wrap up. Uh, we have to go to um, our favourite part of the programme uh, where where we ask uh, a set of questions. Now, these are all inspired by uh, a US TV show called Inside the Actor's Studio, where the host um, uh, always used to finish off with the same set of questions. So we've decided to do exactly the same thing for our podcast. And some of the answers we get are um, amazing to the point that we actually had an award ceremony for the answers to these questions last year. Not that we're putting any on you there joe um but um yeah these are great (laughs) let's see what we get all right Uh, so are you ready for your first question i am
2: okay what is your favorite smell joe
0: my favorite smell is the smell of the roses on a nice beautiful spring day where there is light wind that you smell it and you feel the power of the future and the happiness just playing with your heart bits
2: your heart bits <laughs> playing with, playing with your heart bits yeah,
0: absolutely <laughs>
1: Okay, so I'm not sure whether you're going to be able to answer this or not. But I mean, this is probably the most controversial question we have, because a lot of people claim that they don't actually do this or they don't understand what it means. Certainly people we've had on the show from the States don't really know what we're talking about here. So what's your favorite biscuit?
0: If we are talking about food, I will say I'll understand it that way, that I do love sweets, but I don't really eat much. I will say Tim Tam and I have to always battle myself because I see them in the stores. You could be having the worst day ever and you just go and open the pack in the store when you are hungry and crunch on the first part of it and just let your tongue <laughs> melt with it. And then you instantly feel so happy and you feel like your hair is getting played by the wind and you're going to fly oh, like iron.
1: Oh, I'm starving now. What have you done to me? Uh, <laughs> Uh, Claire, do you want to fire with the next question before I become all overwhelmed?
2: Yeah, you've actually created some, some tummy rumblings here. I'm so, okay. Um, if heaven exists, uh, what would you like to hear God say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates?
0: I do believe, first of all, that heaven does exist. Although we may not see it, but I believe it does exist. And what would I like to hear from God? I would love... To hear from God to say, you have helped so many people and you have changed so many lives and you have tried to minimize as much sins as you can possibly have. And you repented to me and always kept me in your mind, in your gear all the time. And for that, you are forever forgiven and you will indulge in this paradise where You will have everything that you can imagine and things that never even crossed your imagination for eternity and the best view where you're going to see my almighty face.
2: Wow!
1: Wow, that's quite a it's quite a full on answer there. <laughs> I like that, that's <laughs> brilliant. I am not
0: reading right, from so anything; I am just speaking whatever comes. It's to my almost mind. like you
2: had
1: that prepared. No. It
2: was, yeah.
1: Joe, this has been absolutely fantastic. It's really been really good because it's brought light to a quite a sensitive and perhaps potentially dark subject. But we've had a bit of fun doing it as well, and we've learned an awful lot along the way. So um, I'm going to put my hand on my heart, Joe, and I'm going to genuinely say thank you because uh, it's been a really um, a really interesting uh listen uh, and we hope that our our audience find it as interesting as we do now before you go uh we'd like to know how people can get in touch with you and come and see you and have a chat with you if you want they want to
0: learn more well first of all pleasure paul and claire thank you for hanging out with me and for people to basically get in touch with me i don't have a a website or anything i work for a company called austrian effect plus i work with the government so they can get onto the website for the company www.australianeffect.com.au. That's for the website. Other than this, on YouTube, my presence now under a new name called New Limitless World. If you search my name in Google, Dr. Joe Isaac, so D R J O E I S double A K, you will see my Facebook, my Instagram, my YouTube, my TikTok, my everything. So I guess it's really easy to get in touch with me for anybody that wants to by uh, by any social media platform they are on, whether they put a comment on YouTube. If I don't respond right away, there will be someone responding from my team and will certainly be uh, looking back at, at helping them personally.
1: This is The Big Little Business Show, the podcast with bigger tips for small business.
2: I'm still recovering from the accent. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was... Uh, Really interesting listening to actually how we associate our actions with the words that we hear and how much control that we have over how we respond to certain situations.
1: It made me think as well that even though I come across as quite a confident guy and I'm very sure of my uh, abilities, I know what I can do, I know what I can't do, Everyone at some point has been in that situation where they've got that little voice inside their head saying you can't do this or you're not good enough or you're not capable. It doesn't matter who you are. We've all encountered that to some degree or another. It's just when it gets really, really bad, how do you deal with it and stop it from moving you forward, like you said?
2: Yeah, I think showing vulnerability actually is a huge strength, uh, but it's what we do to act upon that and how we manage that effectively and and also for me the, uh, the word happiness as well coming across when we were talking about success and what success means to different people um, actually you know what makes you happy in business and I, I think that's a very strong emotion and if we attach that in the right way to our businesses and ensure that we are as happy as we can be then surely that's going to be a good thing It
1: reminds me of a really famous quote that John Lennon said once and if you go and search for it on Google it pops up time and time again but it's one of my favourite quotes ever and this is what John Lennon said he said When I was five years old my mother always told me that happiness was the key to life When I went to school they asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up and I wrote down happy They told me I didn't understand the assignment and I told them they didn't understand life
2: oh, Wow Wow Send me that. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's great, isn't it?
2: Isn't it? Isn't it?
1: But, and, but, um... and, and actually that quote pops into my head when Dr Joe was talking about the difference between success and happiness and how maybe you don't want to be defining yourself by how successful you are. You should be defining yourself by how happy you are because ultimately that's what you want to be, happy, not necessarily successful.
2: I think it comes to what comes first. I do truly believe actually that a lot of us and to be honest myself included probably that at the beginning didn't actually know what success looked like for me it's only when you have that journey and you go along that path maybe what you thought was going to make you happy or be successful actually wasn't or isn't
1: the case? Yeah, you can be successful and not be happy about it.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: as, as I think Joe said. Mm. Wow. We, yeah, we, did, we yeah. went a bit deep there, Claire, just for a second.
2: <gasps> yeah, we did, didn't we?
1: <laughs> P- pull myself did back.
2: Where did that come from?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so please feel free to go and check out Joe's uh, YouTube channel. And if you're on TikTok, go and find him there um, because he's a lovely guy and he's got a lot to say and he's got a lot of really great stuff to say uh, that can help you if you think that you might be sort of listening to your inner critic a little bit too much. And we always, finish the episode with a little shout out to a business who maybe follows us on instagram or facebook or linkedin or listens to the show and just needs a little bit of a shout out and a little bit of a big up and a little bit of encouragement so who are we shouting out about today
2: i'd like to give a shout out to ashley bishop And Ashley Bishop is a performance coach and fitness coach and the reason why I wanted to give Ashley a shout out is because he's been doing some phenomenal work with CEOs and business owners and business leaders in order to help them to be more effective in their business through looking after themselves both physically and mentally.
1: Oh, what a great thing to do. Yeah, and really important as well, because if you don't look after your own health, then how can you have a business, be successful and be happy? All the things we're talking about.
2: Exactly, exactly. So uh, especially with people uh, currently, as we speak, in our third lockdown currently, um, losing count, uh, people are looking at the ways that they're living their lives now. So they're having to make huge shifts in how they're working from home, Uh, how they're spending time with their family. So what Ashley does is actually helps people understand how to use your time effectively so you can actually be more successful in business but also spend the time that you you want to with your family too, which is important.
1: Do you know, we've been in lockdown for so long, I'm kind of almost wondering what the other side's going to look like because it seems like I've been like this for so long now it almost feels like it's the norm now. And I know you and I have joked about this before and uh, we mentioned it with uh, Joe earlier on how we, we both love hugging people and it actually I think when I go out and start hugging people again it's going to feel a bit weird
2: I think I'm going to get arrested <laughs> <So> do I. <laughs> I do really think that there's going to be a big transitional process for a lot of us to go through
1: my prediction for 2022 I think there will be a rise in divorces because I think people will be having lots more affairs and I think there will be a rise in um, babies I think there will be a baby boom in 2022 uh, just yeah. write that down yeah, right, mainly <laughs> No, that's what's going to happen. 2022, divorces and babies.
2: Yes, we shall uh, compare notes at that time then. We'll look back at this.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, OK, so, so if you're listening to this in 2022 and that stuff's already happened, then yeah, let us know. and say, you heard oh, it here yeah, first. Hi, yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, that was a year ago we said that. Uh, so anyway, um, thank you for listening. And that pretty much does it for this week. Don't forget to come and find us on social media. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Facebook. We're on uh, Instagram. Uh, and if you're on Facebook, uh, just search for Big Little Business Club. That's where all our previous experts live. So you can find out more about them ask them questions get in touch with them and have a chat with them so you can continue to learn that's called the big little business club whatever platform you're listening to us on don't forget to subscribe uh, so you get future episodes directly into your phone and leave us a review too because that's really important helps to big us up in podcast land and we're done <laughs> say goodbye claire bye You've been listening to The Big Little Business Show with Paul Mumford and Claire Horsley. You can subscribe to get the latest episodes via iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn and everywhere you find your favourite podcasts. Come and find us at biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk and we're on Facebook too. Just search for Big Little Business Show. The Big Little Business Show is a PM2 Media and Excel networking production.